0: I feel like you guys shared, like, a majority of what I was going to share during worship. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, my whole message. <laughs> okay. No, hear, it. Hear, it. hear it again? Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't know. When I was praying and, and asking the Lord what he wanted me to talk about, I usually I get really nervous because I'm like, I want to say what you want to say, and I want to say the right thing. And so... Yeah, he kind of put on my heart the idea of hope, Um, especially with this past year, and you know, I'm sure years to come, we're going to continue to go through trials, and stuff is going to continue to happen, and so I was like, God, how do we, what is the mindset that you want us to have through all of this? And kind of me looking at, like, the disciples, and um, when they were with Jesus, and like Stephanie was saying we were watching The Chosen and it was like stuff kept happening and you know everyone's it's a large group and everyone's character keeps coming out right and so of course there's going to be butting heads and and it's kind of like well God like what do we do in those situations where like that affects us you know like emotionally and mentally other people's character or even circumstances around us will affect us emotionally and mentally it's like he was telling me like honing in on the hope that he promised us um, and the idea that hope is a person and it's Jesus like he is our hope that's kind of what he was telling me and so when I was doing some research I came across a verse in Romans chapter 418 that said against all hope Abraham and hope believed and I was like wow And I was like, that's what I'm going to title the message today because it's kind of like against – in a situation where, like, it's the opposite to have hope. In a situation where everything is hopeless, in hope you still believe. So I was like, yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about. And there are four words that came to mind with uh, with this. So hope, trust, faith, and promises – I feel like those group together somehow. And and in my, in my, I guess, PowerPoint, I'll show that to you guys as we go along. But that's kind of what I have in mind here. Hope, trust, faith, and promises. So, yeah. I guess I'll talk a little bit about how I got to this point. <laughs> um, so over the last year, I guess, and I think it's been over a couple years, as I've been asking God what my purpose is, or what his purpose for me is, you start to ask the question, what is the point? (laughs) Like, what is the point for me to do all of this? What is my purpose? Like, is this going to have any effect at all? You start questioning things. Um, Who am I doing this for? What am I doing this for, you know? And... (laughs) I was having a conversation with God, and he was like, spoiler alert, if you find yourself asking yourself this question, who am I doing all of this for, you've been doing, you've been living for people and not for me, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, <laughs> so I've been living for people and not for you, <laughs> uh, um, so, oh, sorry, let me just put this in here, um, Yeah, because when I was asking myself those questions, I was kind of in the mindset of there's no point to anything. We live and then we die. What does it matter if I do this? And then (laughs) I reminded myself that that's like the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and I was like, I need to get out of that and move on to Hebrews because this is not a very great mindset to have. Um, So um, I realized after I was going through all of these thoughts Um, That I was living without hope. I didn't see a bright future for anything. I didn't see anything that had hope in general. And if I was living without hope, I was living without Christ. And nothing good comes from living apart from Christ. Um, So that's kind of what I felt like God wanted me to talk about today. Um, Yeah. So in Romans chapter four eighteen it says against all odds when it looks hopeless Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at His word and as a result he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Um, yeah, that's kind of like my overall thing for today. Um, So hope, trust, faith, and promises are all connected, um, kind of how I was looking at it. So hope is kind of where you start, I guess, how I've been looking at it. And then trust is the response to hope. And then faith is your evidence that there is hope. And then promises are the result. So fulfilled promises are the result of that. Um, So we're going to start with hope today. Um, Let me do this. So hope is defined as to trust in, wait for, look for, or desire something or someone, or to expect something beneficial in the future. I feel like if you read the entirety of the Bible, like one of the really big themes is hope from beginning to end. Like because our hope is in Jesus, and Jesus himself was a fulfilled promise, right? So like he himself is hope in in the fulfilled promise. Um, So I kind of wanted to look at hope a little bit deeper um, in my research that I was doing. And Alan, if I'm wrong, feel free to tell me. (laughs) But this is kind of what I found, and I'm so sorry if I mispronounce all of these things, but I don't speak Hebrew, and I really hope to one day be able to. Um, So in the Old Testament, in certain contexts, hope can be translated to this word, which I think is kaval. I think Alan's saying yes, okay. <laughs> um, and this is a Hebrew verb. So it translates to hope in the sense of to trust. Um, so to wait, hold on, I need to look at it because it didn't, to wait to look for hope or to expect to collect or bind together. That's kind of, that's what that Hebrew word means. Um, and this is seen in Jeremiah chapter 14, 22, where it says, are there any among the idols of the nations who can send rain or can the heavens of their own free will give showers? Oh, that's supposed to say, is it not you, O Lord our God? Sorry. <laughs> is it not you, O Lord our God? Therefore, we will wait and hope confidently in you. For you are the one who has made all these things, the heavens and the rain. Um, so just the idea that in hope, it's it's a verb, so it's an action, right? We're hoping, we're doing the action, we're waiting, we're looking Forward, we're expecting. We're not just saying, oh, I hope this happens, but if it doesn't happen, that's okay. Like, no, the Lord is saying hope in what I've promised for you. Actively hope, actively expect it. And then in the Greek, I felt like this was cool too. That same Hebrew word kavah, translates to the Greek hupomeno. I think that's how that's pronounced. So to remain, to remain, abide, not recede or flee. I thought that was cool. To persevere under misfortunes and trials, to hold fast to one's faith in Christ, and to endure, bear bravely and calmly. So (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) Actually, it was funny to me too because I was like, how many of us in situations where we need to hope do we bear bravely and calmly? And patiently, that's in their, in the future ones, but patience is one of the big things too. Um, so one of the verses that where this word is used is in Psalm 40, and I actually want to read that to you guys. Not the entire Psalm, but if you guys have your Bibles, you can also go in as well, but... Um, I'm reading this in the Passion Translation, because I feel like I understand it better that way, <laughs> but if you guys have your own translations, that's cool too. Um, so in Psalm 40, it says, I waited and waited and waited some more, <laughs> and when I read that, I laughed, because I was like, yeah, I feel like I wait a lot for things that I'm expecting, hopefully, like. Promises that I feel like God has given me. So that can be promises like, promises that he says in the Bible where he's promised peace and rest. And you feel like you're not at peace and you're not at rest. But also promises of like, he promises, um, he, maybe he promised you that you would be healed and you would be whole. And so you're waiting on that promise and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, and you're waiting on that promise. Um, I relate to this psalm. <laughs> Um, So he says, I waited and waited and waited some more, patiently knowing God would come through for me. Patiently knowing that God would come through for me. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And the unknown, I feel like, is what's really scary to us when we're like, Well, how is it going to happen, God? I need to have the plan laid out right in front of me. Like, when is it going to happen? I need to, that's the only way I'm going to expect it, Lord, if I know the timing. And then God's like, that's not how I function. I'm not going to give you the timing. That's the complete opposite of what I'm telling you to do right now. Like, if we knew the timing, there would be no reason to hope because we know it's going to happen. And I think um, just what Stephanie was saying earlier about hope produces character, or no, perseverance uh, produces character and character hope. Like these things all are what give you character. Learning to be patient, abiding in what... Christ has said is true not receding or fleeing because it's too difficult Um, knowing that God is going to come through for you so the psalm goes on to say then at last he bent down and listened to my cry I'm sure there's so much relief at that at last am I right (laughs) at last he bent down and listened to my cry He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I'd fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I I walk along his ascending path. He lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. I feel like in our trials, it can feel that like we're not in a secure place or we feel very unsteadied. But when you abide in Christ, there's still security there. Like your circumstances change when God comes in and he pulls you out of the muddiness. And you can physically see your security and you can physically see that you're being steadied. But when you're in the situation and you're hoping in Christ, like, you are secure even if you can't see it. You are steadied even if you can't see it because he walks along with you. He's a very relational God. He doesn't leave you and say, oh, see you on the other side when you make it out and you do all these things. Like, no, he's like, it's, it's pretty rough, isn't it? Let me walk alongside you and tell me everything you're going through and share your emotions with me. Our emotions aren't bad. Like the Lord created our humanity and it, and everything he's created is perfect and beautiful. And yes, sin came in and kind of made the bad stuff and, but in the bad stuff, there's good stuff. There's good stuff in being able to feel. And God doesn't blame us or look down on us because we have emotions. Like he of all people understands because he created us. So when we have those feelings of anger, frustration, sadness, or even loss of purpose, if we take it to God in that moment and say, you know what? I don't know what my purpose is, Lord. I don't know what you're doing, God. Like I'm here and I'm asking you to show me and I feel like you're not showing me. Like if you tell him all that, like He walks alongside you and he listens to you. And then in the end of sharing all of your emotions and all of your mess with him, you come out with joy. And maybe he didn't show you the entire plan for your future. Maybe he didn't tell you everything that's going to happen. But he gave you security in knowing that he's with you. If you read a lot of the Psalms, they start out like that. Woe is me, Lord, why aren't you paying attention to me? Why did you let this happen to me, Lord? And at the very end, it's like, praise you, Lord, you're the greatest. I know everything isn't going to my liking right now, but you're awesome. Like, just turn the moment into a psalm. And that moment will turn into hope. If All of those little moments together will become hope. And all of those hopes in those, all of those situations will become trust. The Lord hasn't let me down yet, you know? So it goes on to say, a new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. A new song for a new day with every breakthrough. There's hope in the breakthroughs. He's doing a new thing, am I right? In you, every day. Ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. Blessing after blessing comes to those who love and trust the Lord. So in those moments when you feel like everything is hopeless and you choose to hope in the Lord again and trust the Lord, your blessing's right around the corner. Sometimes when the enemy's hitting you the hardest, it's because he's like, they're almost there and I don't want them to get there. (laughs) And the blessing's right around the corner. (laughs) And sometimes we just need to ignore the enemy, like... Actually, all of the time, just ignore him. He's not even there. Like, you know, like the Lord is the only one who will give you truth, who will give you perspective and focus and purpose. If we listen to the enemy, even for a little bit, we'll get distracted because he tries to use the thing that will most get you. The thing that will most get you to turn around because you're almost there. And if you listen to that one thing, like, it can discourage you completely. But if you instead choose to listen to, it's going to be okay. Like, I know everything looks like a mess, but I promise you it's not a mess from up here. Like, I can see it. It's right there. <laughs> um, it says, they will not fall away, for they refuse to listen to the lies of the proud. Oh, Lord, our God, no one can compare with you. Such wonderful works and miracles are all found with you. And you think of us all the time with your countless expressions of love for exceeding our expectations. He will exceed your expectations. What you think you want doesn't compare to what he has in store for you. And I feel like it's important to know that if right now what you want and what you've been asking for because the Lord does say asking you shall receive if you've been asking for something wholeheartedly and you haven't received it yet maybe it's not the right time maybe he's preparing you in other ways and he's saying I know you really want this but trust me you're gonna get something better that's more suited for who I created you to be It's not sacrifices that really move your heart. Burnt offerings, sin offerings, that's not what brings you joy. But when you open my ears and speak deeply to me, I become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. I never saw being a prisoner as a positive thing, but I guess when it comes to the Lord, a prisoner in love, like you're so in love that even... a word from him is enough to motivate you to keep going. Even if the word has no insight to what's going on around you. <laughs> there is no insight to this plan. like, But just a word from you is enough. Like, I trust you completely. Okay, so that's for that word. Hupomeno fun to say. You guys should say that in your free time. (laughs) To abide, not recede or flee. I feel like it's also important to say, if you have those feelings in the moments when it gets hard, when you want, you just want to turn back, you don't want to keep going, that's not bad either. The Lord's not blaming you for that. We all have our momentary weaknesses and he sees that, but it's ultimately what you do. In the end, that matters. It's what you choose to do. It's not how you felt or what your thoughts were. It's what you end up doing because that's what's going to move you on to the next thing. Okay, so from hope and trust to faith. So the Bible basically gives us the definition of faith. Um, I like the Passion Translation, but I think I also wrote down the NIV translation here. So in the Passion it says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. You don't need anything else to know that stuff is going on in the spirit and that God has a plan other than faith. It's all the proof you need, it says right here. And in the NIV, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And then it goes on to say, this is what the ancients were commended for. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. The universe was created and beautifully coordinated. So even in the mess, remember, everything is beautifully coordinated. (laughs) Even though I can't see it. Our faith is our literal evidence in, in the spirit of what is to come. Faith is the foundation, the evidence, and the action of our hope. Because we hope, we have faith. The result of our faith is the fulfillment of the many promises God ha- has to offer. And I think one thing, if you ever find yourself feeling hopeless, because humanity is broken, in some, in some ways. So there are going to be moments where you feel discouraged. Um, and if you find yourself in those situations, I encourage you to look up the many, many, many promises in the Bible that God gives us. And the many, many times that it says that God always keeps his word. And I used to ask myself why the Bible has, shows all the different lineages and generations and things of that nature. And sometimes the promises that he makes aren't fulfilled in one lifetime. They're fulfilled in later generations. And I think that's why it's important to see the different generations, the different lineages, because you can see then that our God is not a liar. He does keep his word. So for the bigger things, like the return of Jesus... That is a promise that will be kept because God does not lie. So, yeah, I do, I encourage you guys to just look it up. I was doing some research and it was like 50 plus promises or something. And I was like, if I preach about all of these individual <laughs> promises, I don't know that we'll have enough time. And even in Hebrews 11, I encourage you guys to start there. Just read Hebrews 11. Every, almost every verse in that chapter is because of faith, this happened. And because of faith, this happened. And then it goes into say, and I can't, I don't have enough time to mention all of these other things that faith did. But they did this too. So yeah, if you need a pep talk from the Lord, open up Hebrews 11. Um. So why is it important to have hope and faith? Other than because you want to be happy sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes we want to be happy and we're tired of being sad. Am I right? We're tired of crying. (laughs) We're tired of being disappointed. (laughs) Like we just want to be happy. (laughs) That's a really good reason. That's probably my number one reason to have hope and faith actually just telling it like it is. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay. So the, uh, the reason that came to mind for me is John 16 verse 33. Um, and this is where Jesus is. I think the title of this section is a warning from the Lord. Um, but the part that stuck out to me was, And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. So Jesus is is telling us that we're going to experience troubles and sorrows. So like why not just prepare ourselves with the mentality of I need to remember what I'm hoping in to keep me going. Um, I wrote down here, uh, Jesus tells us that we are bound to experience trouble and sorrows, but we must be courageous. And to do that, we have to, against all hope, against the trouble and sorrows of the unbelieving world, believe in hope, who is Jesus. So how do we have hope? Or how do we have continuous hope? Because I'm sure everyone's experienced hope in one shape, way, form, or another. I think I said that wrong, but you guys know what I mean. (laughs) I'm sure everyone here has experienced hope. Um, So how do we have continuous hope? Hope that is going to help us persevere in times of trouble and sorrow. So the first thing that came to mind to me was praying in the spirit. Um, in Romans eight twenty four through twenty seven, it says, "For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Which is kind of what I said earlier. There's no purpose to hope if you see it already. <laughs> um, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently." <laughs> Patience is a good skill to learn (laughs) because the Lord is going to continue to ask you to be patient. Um, So in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches out our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when you pray in the Spirit, you know that it's going to be in accordance with the will of God because the Spirit is interceding for God's people. So the Spirit, Holy Spirit is never going to tell you something that's out of the will of God. And this is also kind of why I said it's not necessarily bad for you to have feelings when you bring them to the Lord initially when you have them when you first feel the emotion, you should directly take it to the Lord. And if you pray in the spirit while feeling that, even your groans, like if you're just like, oh, this is terrible. like, Or if you're like sighing because you're like, I just, I can't do this anymore. Or if you're crying, like your tears are prayers to the Lord too. Like each and every one of those are important to him. Each and every single tear that you cry is important to him. So if nothing else, vent your emotions to the Lord initially in screams, tears, groans, however that looks like. Um, Because if not, if we choose to keep that in instead of taking it to the Lord first, we're just hurting ourselves and in the end hurting the people around us. It's not the fault of the people around us that something happened to us, that our circumstances in that moment weren't going well, and so we react that way. Um, So it's not fair to them that we lash out in moments of struggle, which is why we should initially take it to the Lord, because the Lord sees what we're going through, and he's going to understand better than any person around us anyway. We end up hurting ourselves when we put put on a mask of perfection. If in that moment you're like, "I'm a Christian. Uh, I don't feel these things. Anger, what's that? I'm made perfect in Jesus. (laughs) I never get upset. (laughs) What are you talking about? Sadness, don't know her." All of that is going to catch up to you. And when it does, it's not going to be pretty for you or anyone in the vicinity. <laughs> so be genuine about where you are. Jesus never told us you can never make another mistake again. You can never feel a negative thing again. He knows that we're human better than anyone because he, he sees everything. And he was where we are. He's felt emotions and feelings and all of that. And so he knows what you're going through. You don't have to be perfect for him or for the people around you. So that's what I got on that one. Pray in the spirit. Don't be perfect. (laughs) Oh, my. <laughs> the next one is be in his presence. Um, so in Psalm 91, 1 through 2, it says, When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. Ooh, that rhymed. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me, and my great confidence. So when everything is going wrong and everything feels hopeless, if you sit under his shadow, you're hidden in his strength for a moment, you know, a moment to catch up to your circumstances, a moment to at least see and gain a little bit of understanding of what's going on around you and to be able to for a lack of a better word, compose yourself and not compose yourself to go into that perfection thing that I was saying before, but to remind yourself of what your focus should be. Your circumstances aren't what dictate your emotions. They are not what dictate your actions. Um, you tell yourself You tell your emotions what to do, you know, for the most part. Sometimes our emotions get ahead of us, and then we have to reel them back in and be like, no, friend, this is not what we're doing. (laughs) But I feel like it's important to soak in his presence when we've lost control of ourselves because he will recenter us. And I think, too, like all of this, When I was asking the Lord how to have constant hope, the first thing that came to mind was cling to the Lord. And I was like, well, that's not helpful. How do you do that? (laughs) It's not like he's standing right next to me physically, tangibly. Like I can just be like, I'm clinging. I'm holding on for dear life. The world is passing me by, Lord, help. Like, no, like I feel like all of these are also steps to like how to cling to the Lord. How to focus on him. Because if you're staring, if you're looking at his face as the circumstances around you are going on, like, you're staring at the face of love, the face of hope, the face of compassion and mercy. Like, it reminds you of all those good things. So, like, when all the bad things are going on around you, they can't even touch you. Because you're like, well, this is how I'm going to respond because I'm looking at the face of perfect love. I'm looking at the face of perfect mercy. In compassion. Um, the other thing that I felt was encourage yourself with testimonies um, about you or people around you. Like, all testimonies are good. And it says in Revelation 12, 11, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So your testimony has power. So... When you're discouraged, when you're feeling like everything's falling apart, remind yourself of where you came from. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, I look back on, like, when I was, like, 10, 11, 12, all the things that were happening to me and all the things that I was doing to cope with what was happening to me. And now God has me here. Like, just remind yourself of that. That in and of itself is, if if that doesn't encourage you and cause you to hope for the future, like, do all the other things I just mentioned. (laughs) But really, that should be the one that gets you there the fastest. Like, you did all these things for me. You've never, you haven't disappointed me yet. You haven't failed me yet. So, and like they were saying in worship earlier, like, you haven't seen anything yet. Like, you know. Things beyond our imagination of what he's going to do for us. And uh, reading the word. um, You can't hope in hope if you don't know who hope is. (laughs) Um, So I'm sure a lot of you know John 1 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through, all things, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Um, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah. Reading the word along with testimonies will encourage you to have hope. Because you see what the Lord has done for all of these people in the Bible that we've never met (laughs) you see what he's done for them what more can he do for us and also just knowing who Jesus is and who God is you can't trust someone if you don't know who they are like you have to know someone's character to be able to trust them with your life And then also in the word of God are all the promises that he's made to us. So (laughs) that's another good part. Um, And then also be in community. This is very important. God created us to be relational beings. As much as us introverts want to be by ourselves. I'm speaking to you. The extroverts have it together. (laughs) I am very introverted. I cherish my alone time. I cherish my mental thoughts, sometimes a little bit more than relationships. So I'm saying this to myself too. You need a cheering squad And to get a cheering squad, you need to find your extroverted friends and have them cheer you on and remind you of who God is. If you find very, very um, outgoing people who speak about who God is all the time are strong in the Lord, although they too sometimes will have their moments. And it's important to realize that, introverts, Extroverts want to be alone sometimes too. (laughs) They have moments where not everything is together as well. Um, But that's why it's so good to have them because you can relate to them on those times. And they find rest in you because you're not all over the place. You're not like, let's go do this and let's go do that. You're like, hey, let's chill and have a mental moment. And they're like, yes, that's very enticing. I've been talking for the last 48 hours. (laughs) I know. I think everyone in my life right now is an extrovert, and I'm just like, I need a moment to myself. (laughs) But because they can talk for 48 hours, they can tell you for 48 hours straight about the goodness of the Lord and why (laughs) your discouragement (laughs) right now is illogical. (laughs) So cling to the extroverts in your life who know the Lord. That's important, that they know the Lord or your church community, you know, cling to your church community. It can be very tempting to want to stay home and sulk from experience. (laughs) I went through a time in my life where it was very comforting to me to just lay in bed and feel sorry for myself. And the thoughts of, like, nobody understands me. Nobody's ever going to understand me. (laughs) <laughs> the world is out to get me, and there's no point in wishing for these good things because that's just not the way my life is set up. That's just not what I have in the future for me. But that mentality is what's keeping you there. It's not that, it's not what's in your future for you. It's, it's the, that's that's what you're choosing to do in that moment. And that can be... That can sound very harsh, I feel like, saying that you're choosing to do that. Because in the moment, it didn't feel like I was choosing that. In the moment, it doesn't feel like you're choosing to have a pity party by yourself, you know? But if you, instead of doing that, choose to cling to at least one of these things, maybe the word, or maybe your testimony... Or if you feel like you don't have your testimony, then a community. All of the other stuff will fall in line with that. And then when you come out of it and you see, wow, I just needed to do this. And it is in the future for me because Jesus uh, Jesus died for me, you know. And God said in the word that he has good plans for me, plans to prosper and not harm I think for me, because I, I can only speak for me, I don't know what everyone out here has experienced, you know. I know a little bit, but I don't know your entire lives. God does. So, but for me, um, I feel like my life has kind of been a roller coaster from the start. And sometimes, and the only way that I can relate to this is a roller coaster when circumstances happen around me. For example, with my current job, customer service. People are not always happy. (laughs) And if you're happy, that makes it worse. (laughs) Because they're looking for somebody to be unhappy with them. (laughs) So with my current job... Last year, as I was actually getting into it, and you know, the whole world was falling apart last year. It was falling apart. Um, (laughs) Falling apart. Um, Naturally, all of the customers that I work with felt like it was falling apart. And a lot of them were not happy. (laughs) And I was in a place where, as I said in the very beginning, what is the point? You live and you die. (laughs) So it was very easy for me to just go to my room and not want to talk to anyone or put on that new television show and numb your emotions because we're living vicariously through those characters on the TV, am I right? (laughs) Um, Or to isolate myself. I think a lot last year I wasn't very present in the church as I should have been. And that's because I didn't want people to talk to me. (laughs) Don't ask me about my depression. I'm keeping it for now. That was my mentality. But let me tell you, it did more harm than good. (laughs) If you see any of those signs in you where like, I feel myself going down this trail of I just want to stay in my room and stare at the wall, in that moment is when you should dial up your friend who knows the Lord, and say, hey, I just want to stare at my wall, (laughs) and your extroverted friend will put their extra charged batteries in and come on over, that's another 50 hours on top of what they already got going. (laughs) So, yeah. Let me see, is there anything else I need to share? Um, Yeah, I know that (laughs) I've kind of been joking a lot because that's how I deal with scary things. (laughs) And being up here is scary, so I like to make jokes because it makes me feel better. (laughs) Thanks. But in all seriousness, I fully understand that When you're going through the mud, it's hard to see something funny. So just remember, not all the thoughts that you have are your own. And it's important to know the Lord so you can know his voice when those thoughts come to you because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, And there can be joy in the mud. For example, mud pies. Have you guys made those before? (laughs) Turn a not good situation into a good one. You know, that customer just yelled at you for 10 minutes straight, didn't let you get a word in. You can't defend yourself because you're a Christian. (laughs) And Christians don't say certain things. And also the call's being recorded, so you might get in trouble. (laughs) So what do you do? Like, when you get off that call and you're like, man, they just called me all these things, and I don't feel like I helped them at all, and they weren't satisfied, and now I feel cruddy because that person wasn't satisfied. That's my personality, like, I very much want people to feel happy and satisfied. and In those moments, you have to be like, hey, that wasn't the Lord <laughs> talking to me, you know? And you uh, pray in the spirit. If you don't know what to say, like, I've been trying to do that a lot more. Take a second in between calls and be like, what that person just said to me is not who I am. So, in those moments when somebody's yelling at you in the face, or your circumstances are yelling at you, (laughs) like your circumstances, like, I just lost a really good job, or I just lost a really important person in my life. What does God have to say about that? What is He seeing in you still? regardless of what you just lost. You lost maybe a physical thing, but you didn't lose the initial purpose that God created in you before you had that. That doesn't change. And the Lord didn't change. He was, he's still the same, which is why he's a very trustworthy thing to cling to. In times of hopelessness. So, I think that's all I got <laughs> against all hope and hope believe. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So, keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey because God is good. And he has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.